RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Richard Pine. The headlines. The coroner presiding over an inquest into the death of university student Chao Chi Lok during last year's protests says he believes he's found CCTV footage of the moment the 22-year-old apparently fell from height at a Chunkwano car park. Democratic Party chairman Wu Chi Wai says they weren't given any warning that former legislator Ted Hoy would go into exile. And Chief Executive Carrie Lam says more education is needed about the relationship between the basic law and the national constitution. The coroner presiding over the inquest into the death of university student Chao Chi Lok during last year's protests has told the hearing he had found CCTV footage that he believes captures the moment when the 22-year-old apparently fell from height in a Chengkwano car park. The coroner has adjourned the hearing until Tuesday. Vicky Wong has details. The footage shows a small black shadow falling in the Chengkwano car park for a split second in the top right-hand corner of the screen. Coroner David Coe, who found the image after going through security video that hadn't been shown in court, said the timestamp on the footage didn't match the time when an ambulance man said an ambulance had left the area. Mr Coe decided to list the fire services department as an interested party. He said he'd asked police to investigate the CCTV cameras in the area and prepare maps of their locations. Mr Coe told the jury to be prepared for the 25-day inquest to be extended because of the new findings. 22-year-old Chao Tsi Lok was found to be seriously hurt in the small hours of November the 4th last year, while police were conducting an operation to disperse anti-government protesters. Chao Tsi Lok's father welcomes the emergence of the new video footage, saying it seemed like a breakthrough, like a big step closer to the truth. Chao Tak Ming again appealed for anyone who witnessed what had happened at the Sheng Tak car park on November 4 last year to contact him and his lawyers. Democratic Party Chairman Wu Chi Wai says the party was expecting its former legislator Ted Hoy to return from Denmark today and had no warning he would go into exile. Mr Hoy made the announcement last night and resigned from the party. He said the new national security law meant he could end up being jailed for decades for just talking about human rights in Hong Kong. Mr Wu told RTHK that people were angered by government efforts to suppress dissent and would find other ways to fight for freedom, not just in Hong Kong, but from overseas. Ted Hui is making up his decisions, and I have no ideas in advance, but his departure will simply tell the international communities that the legal system in Hong Kong is not trustworthy and has not provided any fair trials in Hong Kong. And as a result, people have to you know, say, reconsider what will be the way to fight in the future. Mr. Hoy is facing a number of protest-related prosecutions. The Security Bureau and the police said they condemned anyone who absconded and tried to hide from their legal responsibilities. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says more education is needed about the relationship between Hong Kong's basic law and the national constitution. Speaking at an online seminar marking Constitution Day, she said schools should encourage students to take part in online quizzes about the constitution, organised by the Education Bureau. Mrs. Lam said there were people who had distorted the relationship between Hong Kong and the central government and misinterpreted the national security law as an act to destroy the SAR's high degree of autonomy. Speaking at the same seminar, the head of Beijing's liaison office, Luo Hoining, said Hong Kong needs to make sure that the national security law can be practically implemented by law enforcement as well as the executive and judicial branches. He said last year's social unrest had put national security under huge threat, but the national security law has in recent months started to show its might. 
Mr Law said Beijing's decision last month that led to the ousting of four pan-democrat lawmakers had kicked troublemakers out of the governing structure and set out the bottom line that Hong Kong be ruled by patriots. The government has set up two temporary coronavirus testing centres for all care home staff who've been ordered to get tested by mid-December. They're located in Wong Chukhang and Wan Chai. The sector had raised concern about its workers being forced to go to community testing centres and line up with the public, saying this could increase transmission risks and require a long wait for staff, thereby affecting the operation of care facilities. The United States' top intelligence official has stepped up President Trump's attacks on Beijing. He claimed China's bent on global domination, as Sean Kennedy reports. In an opinion piece posted on the Wall Street Journal's website, the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, said it was clear that Beijing intended to dominate the US and the rest of the world economically, militarily and technologically. The former Republican congressman appointed by President Trump to the top US spy job last spring called China the greatest threat to America today and the greatest threat to democracy and freedom worldwide since World War II. He accused it of stealing US defense technology and the intellectual property of American companies to supplant them in the global marketplace. Mr. Ratcliffe described this as rob, replicate and replace. His Wall Street Journal essay was the latest broadside against Beijing from the Trump administration as it seeks to cement the outgoing president's tough-on-China legacy. The U.S. Department of Defense has added two of the biggest companies in China to its blacklist of firms owned or controlled by the Chinese military. The leading chipmaker, SMIC, and the Chinese oil and gas producer, Sinuk, will now be denied access to a range of U.S. goods and technology. Mainland state media have described moves by Washington to limit visitor visas for Chinese Communist Party members and their families and a ban on Xinjiang's cotton imports as worrying signs bilateral ties are being shifted onto a dangerous path. Wang Yinting has details. In an editorial, the government-backed China Daily newspaper said it viewed the visa changes and cotton ban as efforts by China hawks in the outgoing Trump administration to cement their tough China policy beyond their term. It said even if the incoming Biden administration has any intention of easing tensions, some damage is simply beyond repair. It said the recent deterioration in bilateral ties has fundamentally changed the political atmosphere and containing China has become a bipartisan consensus. Relations between the world's two largest economies have sunk to their lowest point in decades over issues such as trade and technology. U.S. President-elect Joe Biden says he will issue a standing order for masks to be worn in all government buildings and on public transport to limit the spread of coronavirus. He says he'll also ask all Americans to wear face masks for his first 100 days in office. In a CNN interview, Mr. Biden confirmed that he has asked the top infectious diseases expert, Anthony Fauci, to remain as chief medical officer. He also said he was happy to be vaccinated publicly. When Dr. Fauci says we have a vaccine that is safe, that's the moment in which I will stand before the public. People have lost faith in the ability of the vaccine to work. And so I think that my three predecessors have set the model to what should be done. Once it's declared to be safe, then obviously we take it. And it's important to communicate to the American people, it's safe. Dr. Fauci says he has every confidence in the British medical regulator after appearing to question its speedy approval of a coronavirus vaccine. He offered an apology and said all he'd intended to highlight was the differences between the processes in Britain and the U.S. 
there really has been a misunderstanding. I apologize for that. I do have great faith in both the scientific community and the regulatory community at the UK. The point that was really trying to make, if we in the United States had done it as quickly as the UK did, and that's no judgment, there likely would have been pushback on an already scrutinizing society that has really too much skepticism about the process. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has announced new restrictions on movement in the most populous American state. The stay-at-home limits will come into effect once the number of beds available in intensive care units falls below a certain threshold. For most of the state, that's expected to be within the coming 72 hours. At a news conference, Mr. Newsom called on the people of California to follow the new rules. This is the time to put aside your doubt, to put aside your skepticism, to put aside your cynicism, to put aside your ideology, to put aside any consideration except this. Lives are in the balance. Lives will be lost. Warner Brothers has announced that its entire output in 2021 will play on a streaming service at the same time that it's released in cinemas in response to the ongoing pandemic. Hollywood is struggling with the near collapse of film distribution in the United States. From Los Angeles, here's the BBC's David Willis. Warner Brothers' decision to make its films available on the HBO Max channel, starting with Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day, in tandem with their theatrical release, could have devastating implications for cinema chains. In a statement, Warner Brothers said it recognised that new content was the lifeblood of movie theatres, but added that the reality was that most US cinemas will be operating at what it called reduced capacity throughout most of 2021. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has set an ambitious target for reducing the greenhouse gas emissions that are overheating the planet. He says that by the end of this decade, Britain will aim to cut emissions by at least 68% compared with their 1990 level. The BBC's Roger Harabin reports. The PM's commitment to cut emissions by 68% has been met by widespread relief that he's made it and doubt that he'll deliver it. It is the most ambitious climate target of any major nation so far. Scientists and environmentalists broadly agree that the 68% target is ambitious, although some think he should have gone further. But many commentators have expressed a degree of scepticism that his government will actually keep its promise. It is already straying from more lenient targets. A group of major oil-producing countries, including OPEC members and Russia, have scaled back plans to increase production in the new year. The group, often known as OPEC+, Plus, cut output sharply earlier this year because of the coronavirus pandemic. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. The oil industry was among the most exposed to the economic damage done by the global health crisis as demand for transport fuels plunged. At one point, some specific oil prices fell below zero. The moves to cut production by OPEC+, Plus, especially its biggest producers, Saudi Arabia and Russia, stabilised the market. They had planned a partial reversal of those cuts in January. They've now decided they will indeed increase supplies, but by a quarter of what they previously agreed. Now a quick look at finance. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was down 24 points at 26,704. To currencies, the US dollar was trading at 103.91 yen. The euro was at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. The pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 41 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Chung. 
Local football fans are facing another period of being barred from attending games. This weekend's Hong Kong FA Cup ties have been postponed following the closure of government facilities over COVID-19. The Football Association say they're waiting for government approval for games to be held behind closed doors. Since the first week of November, the FA have staged 18 games with spectators, limited to 75% of a stadium seating capacity. The 46th edition of the FA Cup tournament was due to kick off tomorrow afternoon with Lee Man versus Tin Shui Wai Pegasus in Taipo. Eastern were due to begin their title defense against Kitchi in the night game at Hong Kong Stadium. But all that will be put on hold and likely to be played in empty stadiums. The FA said they're ready to pay a cost of $400,000 for all remaining matches in December to be broadcast live so fans can continue to follow their favorite teams. Now there's more positive news in the UK where Arsenal welcomed fans back into Emirates Stadium for the first time since early March. 2,000 turned up for Arsenal's Europa League match against Rapid Vienna. Manager Mikel Arteta said his team got a boost from the fans in their 4-1 win. Delighted to have the fans back. They make a huge difference. We have 2,000, but they were loud. They were very supportive with the team, and um, they were really helpful. So thanks a lot to them for coming and making the efforts. And then I thought the, the performance right from the start. The, the boys wanted it. Um, they were hurt for the defeat in the previous game, and they showed the attitude and the desire that is required to play. And then we were really aggressive with the ball. We wanted to put the ball in the box. We arrived with numbers. We created many chances. Elsewhere, Leicester City lost 1-0 to Zoria in Ukraine. Tottenham are the latest English side to book their place in the knockout stage of the Europa League, joining Arsenal and Leicester in the last 32. Spurs conceded a stoppage time equaliser in a 3-3 draw away to Austrian side Lask. Here's the Spurs boss, Jose Mourinho. The result better than, than the performance. The only positive thing that I take from from the game, of course, is uh, the result. And uh, we are qualified and we have the chance to finish first if we beat Antwerp. In other football news, the English Premier League has agreed a financial package to help lower league clubs hit by the coronavirus. A total of £250 million, which comes to US$336 million, US dollars, is being handed with the agreement of the English Football League. And that's your look at sports. To end the news. Amid the epidemic. Top stories once again. An inquest into the death of university student Chao Chi Lok during last year's protests has viewed CCTV footage believed to show the moment the 22-year-old apparently fell from height at a Chen Kuan car park. And the Democratic Party chairwoman, chairman Wu Chi Wai says they weren't given any warning that former legislator Ted Hoy would go into exile. The news from RTHK. Amid the epidemic, thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others. Thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus. We must take further steps. Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight, fight the, the virus. virus. Stay, Stay vigilant. vigilant. To fight the virus together, we must protect ourselves and others and reduce social contact. 
Stay at home as far as possible. Avoid social gatherings and don't go to crowded places. Work from home if feasible. Don't shake hands with others. We should also avoid meal gatherings. Let's adopt these measures to prevent the spread of novel coronavirus in the community. For more information on fighting the virus, visit chp.gov.hk.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 4th of December is today's date. Many thanks to Phil 